Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the froth, a place to let your brain slip into something more comfortable, a spa break for the mind. Are you sitting frothily? Then we'll begin. I'm comedian husband Rod Gilbert. I'm comedy writer wife Shan Harris. That's Rosie, a dog. And this is. The Froth. This week's podcast was recorded in our basement in London. Our special guest is Lloyd Langford, who joined us remotely from Melbourne, and Barry is producing. Be warned, there is some occasional fruity language and content. The headlines this week. I have never seen that dress you're wearing, or the highlights in your hair that catch your eyes. I have been blind. Lady in a lucky dress You bought off the internet I want to shag you It's something about that dress Was it someone's lucky dress? They had loads of sex in And their mates Woman sells her lucky dress on the internet And let's just say Whoever buys it Might need to give it a rinse Or a spray Or a spray Special guest Lloyd Langford Gets mistaken for a sandwich Copec <laughs> Kopeck, Kopeck, to where you once belonged. Kopeck, Russian man finds a Kopeck, which is a coin, stuck up his nose for 53 years. <laughs> How much jam is in that fucking donut? <laughs> that one that is mainly just jam. Rod and Sean buy a donut that contains a full litre of jam. <laughs> I really can't stay, baby it's cold outside I gotta go away, baby it's cold outside (laughs) Oh fuck off, four month old baby tells mum to F off And those are the headlines No social media this week, but normal service will be resumed very, very soon. But uh, straight on this week to this week's special guest. I've mentioned his name already. It is the one and only Mr. Lloyd Langford in Australia. Where are you, Lloyd? What's happening? Oh, we just had a we had a lovely time in uh, Sydney. So you're out of lockdown? Uh, yeah, pretty much. In Australia, lockdown has eased up. You're, you're gigging? Yeah, I did a gig last night actually, and in the first um, twenty seconds, I had to um, help an audience member stop their tea light from setting the table on fire. God, that sounds that sounds like a rough gig if they've got tea lights on the table, man. Bloody hell, that sounds like a bear pit. <laughs> a real powerful flame going on the on the tea light, and I said, "Oh, you might want to um, try and put that out." And then she blew on it. Just giving oh, it more no. oxygen. oxygen. And then they fire you up. That is how we blow out candles. Yeah, to be fair, that is an age old, tried and tested method of putting out a candle blowing on it, Lloyd. Yeah. Yeah, putting out a candle, but you don't see firefighters outside <laughs> a burning building all huffing and puffing. <laughs> <laughs> True, but what do you expect them to do? Dive on it? 
Take out a hose. Well, I said to it, I said to her, get a plate and put it on top of the fire. And it'll Where's starve it of oxygen. Oh yeah. By the time from? she got back from the kitchen, the whole place is burnt down. <laughs> she gonna get a plate. <laughs> the big dress. She had a plate on. She had a plate on a table. Oh, did oh, she? Right. Didn't you play the the opera house? Did I see the other day? Sydney Opera House. Yeah, I was at the opera house, mate. Well, you were at the opera oh, house, yeah, or you played the, the opera house. house it's a big like... difference. <laughs> <laughs> were you on the stage? Were you performing? Yeah, I was for ten minutes. You and Tim Rice. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Placido Domingo. Yeah. And uh, Michael Crawford. Then this. Like, yeah, he was there as well. <laughs> Actually, he was still under the bowels of the theatre. Um, this woman sort of grabbed me very forcefully by the forearm. What? Right. And she goes, I know who you are. Who was it, Lloyd? I don't know who she was, but um, she also, she didn't know who I was. She she thought I was a very famous Australian rules football player. <laughs> and... <laughs> So she what? grabbed you by the arm. I guess I've got that kind of face. And what did you say, Lloyd? She, no, she said, I know who you are. And then she said, you're Sam Bridges. <laughs> and I was like, no. And then she kept shouting, Sam Bridges, Sam Bridges. I've got Sam Bridges. But my friend Sounds in the like distance thought she was actually shouting out, sandwiches. <laughs> this is one of the most confusing scenes. You're in Sydney Opera House, a woman you've never met grabs you forcefully by the arm, shouts, I know who you are, then proceeds to not know who you are, but be very confident that you're Sam Bridges. Your friend comes over and thinks she's shouting, I've got sandwiches. Where does the story go next, Lloyd? <laughs> we, we ran away. We ran away from the woman. Most people, when they perform at the Sydney Opera House, think that it's memorable for other reasons. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's your anecdote. Love. What happened then? We 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 were leaving. We and then we forcefully left. And she was in the distance, saying to her friends, "That's Sam Bridges. That's Sam Bridges. I found Sam Bridges." <laughs> Can I just ask? Had she already seen the gig? I think she was just. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think she was an alcoholic. It was in the bar. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> a clerk. A classy I, I googled, alcoholic though. She's going to Sydney <laughs> Opera House to go and drink. Yeah. <laughs> I, I googled I googled Sam Bridges and the only thing we have in common is that we're both ugly men. <laughs> Lloyd, Lloyd, don't put yourself down, Lloyd. Lloyd. Well, I haven't got the physique of a Aussie rules football player. Lloyd, you can't say that he's ugly. Lloyd, you are you seen taking him. a swig of lager? Find the flesh. Lloyd just said that and took yeah, a swig it's... of lager. I keep forgetting that it's night time there, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's like 10.40 yeah. It's half past 11 in the morning here, Lloyd. You can't just go swigging lager on a Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> talking about an alcoholic in Sydney Opera House. <laughs> you could just pretend it's Ble- Bex Blue. <laughs> right then, we got uh, we got our frothy stories as usual, Lloyd. Are you, are you ready to hear some froth? Yeah. We got uh, three frothy stories for you, uh, Lloyd. Uh, Sean this week, Barry produced it, of course. Uh, there we got three frothy <laughs> stories. Here we go. Special guest Lloyd Langford, Sean in the co-host chair here. Uh, Here's, just, here's frothy story number one. Coin removed from man's nose after being stuck for more than 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> frothy story number two. Woman's lucky dress listing labelled trashy for her X-rated description. Quite a mouthful, that. Quite a lot to take in there. Quite a lot to take in there. Basically, she's, she's put a dress up for sale and the way she's advertised it, oh. people think it's a bit trashy. Okay. I'll come on to it. And mum... This is simpler. Mum gobsmacked at four-month-old baby's first words. Which one of those do you want first? The coin. <laughs> Which one sounds the frothiest? The, the frothiest. Uh, the dress? The dress sounds frothiest. The dress sounds frothiest. Okay, well, should we start with that one? I'll start with that one. A woman who was selling a dress that she wore for her 18th birthday has been called out <laughs> Online, as she revealed a few too many X-rated details about the dress. Oh. Yeah, she's been labelled trashy. Oh, she it. Yeah, that's well. What I was she's been labelled trashy <laughs> by the internet, by all all these sites like Reddit and Debop, and uh, you'll be very familiar with these sites, Lloyd. I'm sure. <laughs> Debop. Yeah. He was one of uh, Shredder's henchmen <laughs> in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. I it's had not that. him. I had his little toy. <laughs> it's not that. Uh, that is apparently an internet site, I think, where you can sell things or talk about things or do things. I don't know. Right. 
I don't know. Reddit, you can give opinions and advice to people. Right, okay. Well, the opinions and advice you got back were not complimentary. Right. A lot of the opinions were pretty bad. Uh, the advice is questionable. Um, the anonymous woman who purchased... Oh, I thought he said a red... I thought he said a red crotchless dress then. I was like, what? <laughs> Does a dress have a crotch? It's a crochet. All dresses are crotchless. <laughs> Once you've finished with them, they like... You look too comfortable no, saying that's that. The, that. That's the uh, that's the architecture of a dress. Yeah, architecture. Oh, right, sorry. I thought you meant after you've uh, after you've finished studying with them. for seven years in university to to make a dress. <laughs> the anonymous woman. If it's got a crotch in it, it's a trouser pants. <laughs> a pantsuit, like the, Hillary Clinton was. Sorry, pantsuit. Pant Good suit. advice there for Christmas from Lloyd Langford. <laughs> if it's got a crotch in it. That's Lloyd's. <laughs> if it's got a crotch in it, it's a pantsuit. That's Lloyd's catchphrase. <laughs> oh my God, that's going on the website. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's going on the old, in a, in a quote, lozenge on the froth Twitter feed. Uh, so the woman has shared, shared the details about a dress that she's selling and she's been labelled trashy. In inverted commas, the anonymous woman who purchased not a crotchless dress, but a red crochet-style dress. That's what I misread. Right. The anonymous woman purchased a red crochet-style dress for her 18th birthday and advertised it on the buying and selling app Debop. She advertised it for £55, €75, Euros, plus €5 Euros shipping. Okay, so far? Shoppers were taken aback when they read the product description that outlined some very explicit details about the dress, she claims she got lucky in it. Oh. It read. This is the advert. <laughs> oh, like at the amusement arcade. <laughs> well, it could be like we'll, we'll, we'll read. On, on the penny, penny waterfall. <laughs> she passed a driving test in it. <laughs> it could be a driving test. It could be that she got lucky on the tuppany nudger. Yeah, or she found a penny. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it could be that she found a four-leaf clover yep. while relaxing in a yep. field somewhere on the Emerald Isle. In a skin-tight red cro crochet. <laughs> it's not skin-tight. You made that up. You can't have a baggy crochet. It's not crotchless. It's a red crochet style dress. You can't have a baggy crochet. How do you have a crochet dress? It's like crocheted. It's like wool. No, like kind of, it looks a bit lacy. Lacy, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's full of holes, yeah. right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Like like chainmail. Yeah, it's like light <laughs> lighter chainmail, isn't it? Lighter wearable chainmail for the yeah. modern girl. Which is lucky, right? right? It will not withstand any attacks by crossbow. <laughs> no. <laughs> or jousts. Otherwise, identical to chainmail. Yeah. Do not joust. <laughs> so it says on the care label: warm hand wash, forty degrees. <laughs> do not joust. Do, do not, not tumble joust. dry. Do not joust. <laughs> Okay, go on. <laughs> right. She said, this is the advert. She says, selling my birthday dress. Only worn once for a couple of hours. Oh. <laughs> oh, she did get lucky. I would consider this a lucky dress, as me and all my friends who have worn it have got fucked in it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Willing to include earrings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it also adds in brackets, it was dry cleaned as I got sick on it. Oh, God. Uh, you can click there, buy 75 euros plus 5 euros shipping. <laughs> what are the earrings like? It doesn't say. It doesn't say I'll at read all. On. <laughs> <laughs> read on. Hang on, hang on, hang on. So how come... It's her dress. She wears it for her 18th birthday for a couple of hours, yeah. right? Yeah, weird. So she, yeah. she gets lucky, presumably, and has to take the dress off. But then she passes it on to a friend who also then gets fucked in it. <laughs> So it's sort of like a curse. <laughs> Everyone who wears the dress yeah. gets fucked in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's like it's like a fairy tale, really, isn't it? Like what's the what's the fairy tale reminded me of? I can't recall it now. Which is it's like, red shoes? No, it's a bit like the Aladdin or something, isn't it? Whoever's got the lamp. What? I, I, you must have seen a special director's <laughs> cut of Aladdin. <laughs> Aladdin, whoever's got the lamp gets the genie and the wishes, and then he goes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> whoever, gets... whoever touches the magic carpet gets wanked off. <laughs> well, what is it that I'm thinking of then? If it's not Aladdin, what is it? It's really reminding me of something where somebody's the red shoes. The red is when shoes. They, she I puts said the shoes the on shoes. and cut the red shoes. Like Go on, four yeah, hours ago. <laughs> you're, you're deaf. I'm deaf. Yeah, what is like, it? What's the red, the red shoes? shoes? It's when you put them on, you can't stop dancing. 
Why is that a good thing? You can't it's stop not dancing. A good thing. It's, it's not a good thing. Not Joe Wicks. It ends in tears. It's it's one of those things that they think is going to be a good thing, yes, like this red exactly. dress. Exactly. You think uh, it's going to be good. You guarantee. But you end up getting off with someone you don't want to. Okay. Uh, yeah. If you if you were trying to sell me a dress and there are two <laughs> things guaranteed about it, one is that if I put it on, I'm going to get fucked, <laughs> and two that you've already thrown up on it. Seventy five euro plus five euro shipping. <laughs> Three, Lloyd, you get the it's earrings already... if you want. <laughs> don't forget the free earrings. The free earrings, which we don't know what they look like. <laughs> yeah, but what, what potential dangers do the, year, exactly. the earrings hold? What do they I, add I don't think they've got any magic away. powers, the earrings. They're just studs. <laughs> 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 just normal studs. <laughs> just normal clip-ons. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your grandma. can't be good if she's willing to throw them in. <laughs> <laughs> A listing has been shared on Reddit where it has been labelled trashy. It's not trashy. It's not? No. No. No, it's functional, isn't it? Yeah. I think if you're buying second-hand clothes, <laughs> there are obviously things that the previous occupant might have got up to, <laughs> but you don't need to be explicitly told what they are. If you were selling a pair of trousers, Lloyd, and you had been wanked off in them at some point in the past, would you put that on the advert? In the exchange of mark? You know, point? you know when you're selling your underpants on the exchange of mark, like? <laughs> I mean, if I was in the business of selling soiled underwear to, to people interested in one that day, kind of Lloyd, thing, one day. yes. Oh, yes, yeah. But if you're just selling, it's not that. Right, you're not on a. If I'm selling a pair of common or garden corduroy trousers, yeah. I'm not going to put on a listing. Oh, by the way, I ship myself in these ones. <laughs> that wouldn't be a bonus. No, though, but that though. wouldn't be a lucky thing. That would wouldn't be if you a were... lucky bonus. Uh, if you yeah, said okay. something like, uh, oh, "I don't know, I got, I found some change in these pockets once." Mm, let's say, yeah. let's say, like, I you've got a pair of your corduroy trousers, right? And you're selling yeah. that. You're in. You're back in Portal, but you've put them in the. What is it, the bugle? Port Albert bugle? What are we looking at? Is it the, <laughs> is it the Port Albert beacon? What? It, was, it was the Port Albert courier, but oh. the pages were mainly filled up with uh, news of who'd been in court. <laughs> so you've put them, you're advertising, you're putting your trousers in the Port Albert courier, and, you have got, yeah. and you've been, got lucky in them in the past. You've been down Champers in Swansea, or wherever it was, and you've got lucky in them. Would, would you put that on there? <laughs> I mean, now you've brought it up. Yeah, I, I probably would. <laughs> Can you imagine? You flick you through that, going, oh, he's in court. He's in court. Oh, Lloyd's selling some trousers. <laughs> <laughs> he got wanked off down an alley outside Shampers in Swansea. Fair in play to him. £75. It's nice, pounds. To, it's nice to read a bit of good news for a change. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And he, and he played Sydney Opera House in these. <laughs> <laughs> It says, the uh, majority of users on the social media site were either unimpressed or were confused as to why she decided to sell the dress and reveal all the explicit goings-on that occurred whilst wearing it. It's weird that she gave it to her friends and they all did. That, that's the detail that's weird. <laughs> well, a lot of people have picked her up on that. A lot of people have picked her up on the... It says, hang on a minute. I thought she said it's only been worn once. All her friends have worn it. What's going on? <laughs> but only two hours each. Oh. Well, we don't know if it was all the same night. So it adds up. Lloyd, when we went, you know when we went to Chicago, I went to a, a vintage yes. clothes shop and the woman at the till, I went to buy this beautiful, this dress with like loads of like beads all over it. And she went, <laughs> I don't know why she told me this. She went, I wore that dress last night to a club. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay. Because I think I'd started a conversation about how I loved old cl vintage clothes and how they had a story. And isn't it fascinating? Imagine who wore this and stuff, you know, because it was a yeah. 60s dress. And uh, and she was like, I wore it last night <laughs> to a club. It's a third what, she, the woman dress. in the shop? Yeah, the woman behind the till did. And I was, and I was at the. Why was she is... wearing her merchandise like that? Well, she just takes the clothes and wears them out and then puts them Yeah, but she obviously hasn't got time to clean it if she wore it last night to a club. Yeah, no. <laughs> but it was, yeah. But I was in, I was, this is so British. I was in the front of the queue. And so I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't then take it back. I was like, well, I better go through with it. <laughs> it's weird. There was a story. I, there was a story. I don't know if it's true or not about a guy that was living in, you know, one of those giant um, clothes donation bins. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to feel this is a sad story, but it sounds funny so far. <laughs> he was living in one of those giant clothes donation bins in Neath. Right. 
and oh, the police were trying to catch him, but they couldn't get him because every time they put up a description, <laughs> he was wearing different clothes. <laughs> that sounds like a made-up story. <laughs> my, my, my auntie, my auntie's partner, um, they they um, they had an argument, and she th- she threw him out of the house, and he couldn't find a suitcase, so he just put on all of his clothes. <laughs> and, turned, <laughs> and turned up at his mate's house looking like the Michelin man with just like six pairs of trousers on, 20 jumpers. God, that's insane. Oh, right, underneath the comments, it's all the predictable stuff calling her trashy and saying how disgusted it is. Yeah. Uh, but Eddie the Nudge, I like his comment. Oh, this sounds like it'll be a reasonable comment. Eddie the Nudge, no, it is. <laughs> Well, it's pretty reasonable. It just says, sometimes less is more. Why go on about all that old cobblers? Just say dress, <laughs> just say dress for sale and how much? Why is Eddie the nudge in the market for a red crochet dress? Just say, how much, just say dress for sale and how much, says Eddie the nudge. What, Eddie the nudge? <laughs> Where does he live in the 60s? In <laughs> L- London 60s? That's crazy. his online moniker, Eddie the nudge. Says, just say dress for sale and how much? Twins. I'd be less likely to buy an item if the owner specifically stated what sexual acts they got up to in it. Also, you'd be less likely to buy it if the owner went, I have never been laid in this. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This dress it doesn't is work. purely... <laughs> is that what a dress is for, if it works or not? Well, what? Well, yeah, of course, all clothing. I, uh, I, you, I bought this last week. I think it's br- It's broken. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's faulty. Oh, what's wrong with it? Is it the buttons? Is it the no, light? The seam, the seams haven't come loose. They? No, I just haven't been fucked at it yet, and I've had it a week. <laughs> I've tried everything. If you marketed the pe- an, a dress saying, nobody has found me attractive in this dress, <laughs> nobody would buy it. So it's a thin line. It's not a thin line. I think there's, a, there's clear blue water in how to market a dress, and it's in between going, Ow. nobody finds me attractive in this dress, and I got fucked in this, and so did all my friends. I think there's a lot of space in the middle for you to market your dress. I don't That's think what? that the corridor of marketing is so narrow that you can very easily just slide off and fall into one camp or the other. Okay. I don't think it's a narrow beam that you're walking along there as a marketeer. Mind you, I was in marketing for many years, so maybe, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just better than you at it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, and tell us why you uh, got fired, Rod, <laughs> for that really ill-advised campaign for Topshop. <laughs> <laughs> My, yeah, my it was, underpants you'll, you'll get your dick sucked in these winkle pickers or your money back. <laughs> <laughs> Second story. Mum gobsmacked at four-month-old baby's first words. Okay. Uh, babies, it says, are always making gurgling noises. <laughs> it's a confident opening statement to this story. <laughs> Babies are always making gurgling noises as a way to communicate. Do you know what your first words were, right? <laughs> I don't actually. In- Text them now, Lloyd. Text them now. What, what were your first words? words? Mine was dada. Sean's was what? Dada. Dada. It's a really popular one because of the da. Dada, as da, in as da. in like the artist. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> the, uh, I couldn't say Picasso. Is it for surrealist, ages. <laughs> absurdist. Uh, yeah. Art movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that. Oh, Dadaism. Dadaism. Well, that's quite sophisticated. But my others were um, goo, which was milk, and lala, which is moon. Lala isn't moon. We all know what lala is. What? Like foo-foo. Is it? Yeah. No, it's one of the Teletubbies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It La- later it became one of the Teletubbies. In my head, it Back was in moon. my generation, if you said lala, that was your foo-foo. <laughs> that was your ding-dong. <laughs> ding-dong? What? Make your mind up. <laughs> this is like listening to Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> you foo-foo and your lala and your ding-dong. What? Your puff-puff. What? <laughs> You're just making That's up what, words. I'm not. Your lala your was your puff-puff or your frou-frou. What are you, oh, frou-frou now? Yeah. That's the... <laughs> oh, dear. It's all changed now, of course. Lala is... Uh, Vagina. Well, well, there's a film, La La Land. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was a porno first time I saw that. I was disappointed in four hours. No, they just sing. Uh, what was your first words then, Lloyd? You texted your mum? Yeah, I just texted her. <laughs> Don't bother texting your dad, he won't remember. Lloyd, have you said anything else or is it just... My dad doesn't own a mobile phone, Rod. Right? <laughs> Mine doesn't either. He never will. That's true. Neither your parents no. own mobile phone. He refuses to get on board. God, even my dad had one at 88. Yeah, my grandfather had one. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Time to get with the programme. 
Babies are always making gurgling noises as a way to communicate, but they often don't say their first words until they're around a year old, which explains why a mum was so stunned when her baby started speaking at just four months old. Instead of being a simple word like mum, dad or cat, uh, he had Charlotte in hysterics. This is the four-month-old baby. Charlotte was sat filming her, her adorable four-month-old son, Reuben, as he was laying in his bed next to her. Yeah. Lloyd, any word? No. <laughs> What, that was your first word? <laughs> no, and I mean no. <laughs> Boundaries. Second word's no, and I, when I say no, <laughs> I mean no. Now get that tit out of my mouth. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff! <laughs> uh, okay, so Charlotte and Ruben. Charlotte's the mum, Ruben's the baby. Um, <laughs> Charlotte... Was sat filming her adorable four-month-old son Reuben as he was laying in his bed next to her. Then she tried to tell him he had something on his face. Despite being unable to talk yet, the seemingly unimpressed Todd appeared to whisper "fuck off" as she pointed out that he had a dirty nose. <laughs> what? Charlotte managed to capture the hilarious moment on camera, which she later shared with her friends and family. After rewatching the clip over and over again, Charlotte is adamant that Reuben dropped the f bomb. <laughs> it doesn't reflect it's... well on her. Where's he? Heard, where's he heard that from? I don't know. Uh, my mum's. My mum was texting. Oh, yours? what was yours? It was mum, mum. Mum, mum. Mum, mum. Oh. She said you were really an exceptional early talker. You could speak in sentences whilst other kids were just saying a word or two. <laughs> that does not That's surprise me. That look. That is a proud mum there. That is a very proud mum. More recently, mastermind champion, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I I have seen this video of which you speak, of this woman in Brighton and her kids. Have you? And I I take several issues with how that story there has been reported. (laughs) Go on, then. I'll I'll list them if you want. Go on, then. Number one, the child is in Norway adorable. (laughs) (laughs) All children. bog standard. Fat-faced little baby. Lloyd Langford, all babies are adorable. <laughs> Let's have a look. Look, there he is. He's adorable. The... Oh, Lloyd. I mean... He's cute. He, he, he looks he looks absolutely fine, but <laughs> like there's nothing, there's nothing exceptionally pretty about that particular you, baby. You just don't like babies, I'd admit it. You're oh, a curmudgeonly old no. so-and-so who doesn't like babies. I, I like babies, and obviously she, she likes that baby because she made it. But adorable is, I would say, too strong a descriptor of a baby. I would say bog standard baby. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to say that in a newspaper then, report. No. She doesn't say, she doesn't notice that he's got something on his nose. She goes, oh, you got a bugger. Well, no wonder he told her to fuck off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he, so she goes, you got a bugger, like, just out of the... Like she did out of the blue, she doesn't sugarcoat it or anything. She <laughs> delivers it straight at him. Yeah. And then he sort of looks at her and goes, "Fuck off." <laughs> like, Does he actually say that? Like, like a cray twin, <gasps> like a gangster. <laughs> and I mean, he doesn't say "fuck off." He he sort of breathes in a way that could be construed yeah, as him saying "fuck off," that. but him saying "fuck off." In the circumstances, is wholly justified. <laughs> After being accused of having a booger on his nose. Yeah, and he's lying in his crib. He's minding his own business. She <laughs> comes in with him, sort of startles him and goes, oh, you got a booger up your nose. And he goes, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you, we were right about you when uh, you say no. no, And when I, mean, when I say no, I mean no, though. But it sounds like it from your mum's text. It sounds like you were a very uh, accomplished early talker. Whole sentences. Uh, oh, wait a second. My mum also says my brother <laughs> Reese's first words were, What have you got to eat? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a fat kid. <laughs> I love him. My dad taught me how to say, when I was really little, my dad wanted to impress guests, so he taught me how to say NATO. NATO? Yeah. Oh, North Atlantic Treaty Organization. And I, and I learned it <laughs> off by heart, so my dad would be like, Shan. 
tell tell Uncle Mike what you've been up to this week, and I'd be like, North Atlantic Treaty Organisation. He still talks about that, your dad. And the situation in the East Bengal. Yeah, he still talks about that. <laughs> he still talks about it. Yeah, no. But it was like a party trick that I used to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, the other thing that my mum has just reminded me of is um, when my brother Reese was in school, when he was like six, he had a teacher... I'll, gi- I'll give the name, you might have to bleep it out. Um, she's called Miss M***. She was a real pain in the ass, And she said to my brother, you've got to... Or she said to the whole class, you've got to go home and you've got to give me the surface area of your house. What? <laughs> it's like homework. You've got to measure the surface area of your house. Yeah. So my brother was like six and he told... <laughs> My mum, when he got home, oh, this is homework. And my mum was like, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> and he goes, no, no, it's just, you got to measure the surface area. So they measured the surface area of the living room. And then my brother said, oh, now we're going to do the upstairs. And my mum said, no, we'll just do the surface area of the living room. That's been hard enough. <laughs> and you can just give her the surface area of the living room. And then my brother goes, well, Miss Morgan says we're going to do all the rooms. And... <laughs> My mum said, well, bugger, Miss <laughs> And then... Oh, no. I can't see where this is going. Day. No. <laughs> and she said, oh, who's done the homework? And he said, oh, we've only done the living room. Oh, no. And she said, why did you only do the living room? I asked you to do all the rooms. And my brother said, well, my mother says, bugger, Miss <laughs> <laughs> Oh, lovely. Did she And then my mum had to go in for a meeting <gasps> with Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> really? Did How she old get... was your brother at this point? Six years old. Six. Did she get a telling off, though? Did your mum get a telling off? Yeah, I think she she got um <laughs> she got a talking down, but I think it's very difficult to take. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite advanced for a six year old to go and measure the surface, find out the yeah. square footage of your house. <laughs> I know. I don't know how to. That's what my mum. Like drawing pictures of our pets and stuff at that age. (laughs) I wouldn't know how to do that now. How to get the surface area of your house? Do you have to have a meter thing, like one of those wheels? That's a meter. Yeah, or one of those laser pens. Did you have one of those laser pens, like a carpet fitter? Every meter it clicks, doesn't it? So you count the clicks. We used to use those all the time. How was she supposed to do that? She's quite nosy. Six years old. She's really nosy, like to want to know how big your house is. Fucking miss. What's what? I think she was maybe trying to undermine the local real estate market. <laughs> she wasn't a carpet fitter as well, was she on the side? <laughs> According to the NHS, children will often attempt to say simple words at 12 months old before beginning to put simple sentences together at around two years old. Uh, <laughs> so we've got some comments here. Somebody, Oh, somebody's very nice gone potty mouth. Quite, quite a nice little headline. There should be a headline writer, potty mouth. Yeah. Aussie reader says, ha, 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 ha. Uh, granddad 2015 says, my grandson often hums Beethoven. He's three months old. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> then we got uh, the world's greatest killjoy, I reckon, called Norm. <laughs> Norm comes in, uh, says, if my baby said fuck off, I wouldn't be smiling about it. <laughs> I wouldn't be smiling about it. Well, what would he do about Wash it? Wash his mouth out with bloody soap and water. Then. Really? Yeah. Crude, filthy little swine. <laughs> the child. I mean, the child doesn't say fuck off, but he he sort of makes a noise that you could interpret as fuck. Well, off. Norm wouldn't be smiling about that either. It's the thin end of the wedge. You start. You start letting a child say something that sounds a bit like fuck off. What's he going to say next? (laughs) Pass me me my rusks, you (laughs) 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 He's four months old, bloody language on him. (laughs) If you had a four-month-old child that could tell people to fuck off, I'd be taking it around the (laughs) (laughs) theatres. Oh, God, you'd take take it everywhere if you had a kid who could say fuck off. Awesome. Imagine if you gave it... You know, you gave it to a politician to kiss, like <laughs> Boris Johnson or something. And he looked up at him and went, Oh, you wank thing. It'd be brilliant. Prick. Oh, it would be, it would be brilliant. You've got a, you a baby that can do that. Now then, your third frothy story. Marks and Spencer's accused of ruining Christmas. Do you know how they've done that? How? With a suggestive festive yeah. donut. <laughs> What? Oh. What were you going to say, Lloyd? Oh, I was going to say they've uh, finally allied with the Dark Lord Satan. 
<laughs> well, it's pretty well, similar. Marks and Spencer's accused of ruining Christmas with a suggestive festive donut. What do you the mean? The national chain, I tell you now, the national chain has left many people shocked by the name of its new festive donut. Oh God! With many people urged. Ah, I've seen this. Have you? Yeah, it's a it's a little fat four-month-old kid telling you to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the John Lewis advert. <laughs> <laughs> The national chain has left many people shocked by the name of its new festive donut, with many people urging Marks and Spencers to change it immediately. During this cold, here comes the story. During these cold winter months, there's nothing better than enjoying a sweet treat with a hot cup of tea. Many of us love a classic jam donut. I mean, nothing. I mean, I must oh, admit, yeah. when I think of winter, I do think of a classic jam donut. I, mean, I think of robins on the windowsill, snowmen in the back garden, don't we? Children sledding down the hill, a sleigh bells, Santa appearing at the, at the rooftops, going down chimneys, and a classic jam donut. I mean, that's, that of, is Christmas to me. A bit of jam squirting onto your chin. They yeah, are the, nice, though, aren't they? The, the donut represents the world. Yeah, the and world. And the jam inside is the blood that Jesus gave to save us from our sins. <laughs> I didn't realise the religious symbolism of the donut. There's religion in everything if you look for it. Chocolate declared? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where? Yeah, everywhere, all Where, around. Where is it in the chocolate Chocolate eclairs? Eclairs. The cream inside. Is oh, is it the Holy Trinity? The, the chocolate, the cream and the shoe pastry? And is the that eclair. The, yeah, is exactly. that the Holy Ghost, yeah. the Spirit and, yeah. and God? Who are it the three of them again? The wise men? No. in one delicious packet. <laughs> <laughs> is that the three wise men? And then oh, no, that's Neapolitan. It, you ascend. <laughs> <laughs> Neapolitan. Chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. That's the three wise men, isn't it? Do you, are you talking about the ice cream? Yeah. That box of ice cream with three lines in it? Yeah. And, and the chocolate always goes down first? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the three wise yeah, men. Yeah, that's very spiritual. Yeah. What was the names of the three wise men? Chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. <laughs> 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 I think one of them was called Bal. Huey, Louie, and Chewie. I don't know, like, what were the names of the three wise men? I think... No, I, th- I think one of them was called Balthazar and one of them was called Melchior, but I don't know the name of the third one. John? <laughs> yeah. uh, Gaspar. Gaspar? Melchior, Gaspar and Gas- Balthazar. Oh, there you go. Do you know why I did, oh, I did not know that before? No wonder they just called him the three wise men because it's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it, all that lot? Rock <laughs> the Gaspar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, so during the cold winter months, there's nothing better than enjoying a sweet treat with a hot cup of tea. Many of us love a classic jam donut at Christmas, packed full of sugary goodness and guaranteed to improve your day. But one is never enough of a classic jam donut. You're all... No, I think they're thinking about like Pringles or something. <laughs> definitely not donuts. One Once you... is enough, one... <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's definitely enough one jam donut. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to level with you. I think this journalist is padding here. <laughs> it's padding stuff out. I mean, listen to this. <laughs> Listen to this journalistic padding. This is like, oh, God, I've got to do how many words, editor? 800 words. One isn't enough. 800 words on this donut story. One is never... Okay, I'll write something. On the festive traditions of the jam donut. Yeah, I want 10,000 words on my desk, 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, on on the classic jam donut and Christmas. Do you remember that donut we had in that cafe and there was too much jam in it? It was was really funny. Oh, my God, we'll put it on on the froth social media. The fucking donut Sean and I bought in Cardigan in was, a cafe that shall remain nameless. I took I took twelve photos of it. It was amazing, <laughs> honestly. Nothing to do with Christmas. I we took twelve this, days. We were in this cafe. We were eating it, and there was just jam everywhere. Everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. I've never honestly there was. Oh, I would yeah. say there was, was eight like, times too much jam in that like donut. It was a murder scene. It was everywhere. And this this woman like that like that bit in The Shining yes. where all the blood comes down the it stairs. It was out. exactly like that with the blood flowing down the stairs like a river. It was like that jam <laughs> everywhere. And there's this woman passed our table and did a double take. And Rod Rod just thought, oh here we go. Do you mean I'm in the public eye? <laughs> this actually happened that we cut into the donut and the jam was everywhere over the plate. A woman walks past taking her cup of coffee to her table, does a double take, looks at me. We thought, oh, oh here we go. She's gonna she's gonna ask for an autograph or a photo or say hello or something. Go on. Take up the story, Sean. Well, she just goes, she, she glances at Rod and goes, ooh, there's a lot of jam in that donut. <laughs> <laughs> I 
retweeted it. It got retweeted about a thousand times. Really? Because people are like, bloody hell. Also, people guessing what the shop was because they'd had that experience oh, as well. Oh, people going, oh yeah, I've had I a donut know, there I before. The, I know where you are. <laughs> Far too, I mean, to, to, I mean, to, in terms of the cost effectiveness of their donuts and stuff. Honestly, their overheads must be through the unbelievable. roof. Unbelievable. There's a jar of jam, a I large jar of little... jam in every donut. <laughs> They have like a little nozzle that they push into the donut to pump it full of jam, like a syringe. And clearly, yeah, like a, a syringe or something. And the and the the the, the jam uh, penetrator guy, he's clearly <laughs> not paying attention. And he's he's double penetrated the donut. More than double. Up. Either he's trigger happy, or they're doing it. I'm I'm not joking. I reckon they're doing it. There's a bicycle pump full of jam in every donut. <laughs> Uh, we'll put the pictures up. It's unbelievable, it's honestly. It's unbelievable. You'll have it as your screensaver. It's more jam than donut. More jam than donut. It's like they take a jar of jam and then put the dough around it. <laughs> <laughs> Many of us love a classic, classic jam donut, packed full of sugary goodness and guaranteed to improve your day. One is never enough. You're always left licking sugar off your fingers and wanting more. Never wanted more than one donut, ever. If you're a fan of the classic donut, you might want to sit down. Before you see what Marks and Spencers have produced. <laughs> he's really oh padding, isn't he? He's really padding now. Yeah. The national I chain getting paid by the word. The national chain introduced the new product on Twitter, where it left people divided. That's unusual for Twitter. It's usually a <laughs> uh, pretty pretty solid united front, isn't it, normally? <laughs> if you're still tempted, the yum yum donut hybrid is now on sale for one pound fifty for one or three for four pounds. The description on the website says, Say hello to a special Christmassy version of our iconic yum yum donut hybrid from our bakery with flaky pastry layers and a sweet Santa's belt topping. Yum. There we go. That's that story. Um, sorry, that fizzled out. It's just a page about the costs. <laughs> 
Go let gravity help you out. Bang the other ear and let them drop on the. Yeah, well, there's clearly no coins in your head, otherwise they would have come out then. So, so he yeah. must have been doing some kind of magic. Mind you, he also told me there was a lion in the cupboard. That was bullshit. <laughs> he also sold you a seagull for fifty pence, if I remember did, rightly. Yeah. <laughs> was it the same fifty pence, Barry? He'd got from out of your yeah. ear. And and told me and told me that he had a pet chameleon that died of a heart attack because he put it on a tartan rug. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Totally believed him. He was really sad about the chameleon. Oh no! That might be true. That though, that could be possible. <laughs> He went on a tartan rug. (laughs) Got really confused and just died. Would they go tartan, a chameleon? I don't Uh, think so. I don't think you'd go, what, Scottish? Well, well, any tartan. doesn't have to be Scottish. No, you mean. What do you think? Hang on. Look at my, I'm, I'm really sorry, lads. My chameleon's got the wrong tartan. He's got the, got the wrong fat. Got the wrong clan. He's got the wrong clan. Oh, it's so embarrassing. Oh, God. This is navy and green. I saw a clip online of a chameleon claiming different coloured pens. What, what do you mean? Did and, uh, you? All the pens were like stuck together, <gasps> and he was climbing up them like a stick. And every time he put his hand on a different colour pen, his body started to change colour to match Whoa. a pen. I reckon they could really? do that. Sounds pretty. I like the fact, you, like the fact cool. you used your time constructively during lockdown. <laughs> 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 it was either that or hardcore pornography. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, that does sound pretty cool. That's amazing. Do you reckon they could do a tartan then? Barry, can you can you Google whether a chameleon could do tartan? Sure will. <laughs> I think, I think, cat, I think maybe can. they can. Most chameleons change from brown to green and back, but some can turn almost any colour. And a change really? can occur in as little as 20 seconds. Wow. Any colour, but can they do tartan? Well, I don't know. They've got, they've got like a, a turquoise, red and orange and green one that I'm looking at now, so I reckon. Amazing. Rod, Rod I'll be frank <laughs> with you. I don't think they would naturally encounter tartan in a while. <laughs> No, but they. they could. But if you're adaptable to your to to anywhere, I don't think I don't yeah. think they got pens in the wild, do they? Unless they got stationers. If someone's left a lovely picnic <laughs> <laughs> picnic blanket out. Yeah, what if somebody left a picnic blanket a out in the wild? A lovely picnic blanket out in the Amazon. Okay, here comes the story. A man has finally had a coin removed from his nose after it was stuck for more than half a century. The 59-year-old unnamed Russian man <laughs> was just six when he wedged the money into his right nostril. He was too scared to tell his strict mother about it and then later forgot. How can you forget that you've got a coin up your nose? I don't know. Hang on, what coin was it? I don't know, I haven't come on to that yet. I'll read on. It would have been a ruble. <laughs> or a kopeck. Oh, Kopecks yeah, are quite small. Kopeck. Are they? Yeah. Like a suspense. They're like Rosie. They are. <laughs> Why? Every time you talk about Russian coinage, Rosie gets upset. <laughs> they are. Kopecks are really small. They're like the old halfpenny. No, not the halfpenny, halfpenny. The halfpenny. Decimal halfpenny. God. <laughs> Rosie thought I was talking about pre-decimal, you know, the old sixpences. Uh, the man apparently managed to live for the next 50 years, unimpeded by the blockage. Until recently, he started complaining he couldn't breathe very well in his right nostril. <laughs> oh, my God. He went to hospital and was given a scan. <laughs> it, showed, it showed a coin in his nasal passage. Um, rhinoliths, uh, stones in the nasal cavity, had formed around the coin, constricting his ability to breathe. Medics carried out endoscopic surgery under general anaesthetic, removing the stones and retrieving the Soviet one kopeck coin. That's like an old half penny. So it's a tiny, those. tiny coin. Yeah, even smaller than that, actually. I remember the Kopec. My dad really? used to go to Russia all the time and he'd bring back uh, So what do money. they look like? Little bat- like, like, t- like a very small coin, if I remember rightly. It's really watch. small. Smaller than a one pence piece. It looks like a normal coin, Sean, that you're far away from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Imagine okay. a one pence piece. Now stand back a couple like of far, yards. Far, far away. Now look at it again. There okay. it is. The one Kopec coin from his nose after 53 <laughs> years. The money... Officially worth around one pence at the time, ceased to be used in Russia after the USSR's collapse in 1991. Specialist otorhinolaryngologist. Right, that's throats and ear and nose. Otorhinolaryngologist Elena Nepriakina said, We operated on Friday and he was discharged on Monday. He's regained full nasal breathing. The coin was worth around a penny at the time he got stuck. The coin had been wedged in the man's nose for 53 years. Doctors removed it and the man was able to breathe normally again. The man's not the first person to become reacquainted with a foreign object lost up the nose many decades earlier. In 2015, (laughs) Steve Easton, then 51 from Surrey, had a sneezing fit during which the tip of a toy dart shot out of his nose. (laughs) 
classic Steve Easton. Like a what Bond is it villain. Men in their fifties discovering got, things up their noses. He's got double fifteen and then put it. <laughs> <laughs> Put it up there age seven, and his parents had taken him to hospital at the time, but doctors were unable to remove it. Mr. Easton had often suffered headaches and sniffles, which he put down to hay fever. He said he was completely unaware there'd been a dart in his nose for 44 years. <laughs> the tip of a dart, though. You know, my dad was blind, pretty much, and uh, walked, walked in his local pub and walked straight past the dartboard, and somebody threw a dart, and it stuck in the side of his head, and my dad just walked straight past with, really? the, da- with, the, with, the, with the dart in his head. No. Yeah. Hang on. So he was deaf and had no feeling in one side of his face. <laughs> no, he was in shock. He threw it. He went straight into the side of his head in his temple. Really? And he was in so much shock. He just walked. He just carried on, carried on walking and went wow. to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get a doctor on the. Is there a doctor in the house? Lloyd, you, have you got any medical qualifications? No, I think to the sight of blood. So oh. I, I'm probably not. Do uh, you? Yeah, best place. Oh God! For, How were you when we showed you that yeah. picture of the donut earlier? You're right. <laughs> I almost fainted. I normally have a chocolate donut to be safe. <laughs> I almost fa- I almost fainted during a blood test recently, Lloyd. Did you? Yeah. Did yeah. you? And I said, well, I said to the guy, it was, I had this really bad tooth infection, and then uh, I had to go and have a. I end up in casualty, and I got a blood test, and then uh, I felt really queasy, and I said to the guy, I saw I almost went there, and he went, uh, no, you did go. No. <laughs> Your way. eyes rolled back a bit, and I was like, oh, really? I'm so embarrassed. And he went, yeah, let's let's just say it's because because uh, I had a bad tooth. Let's just say it's because you hadn't eaten, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you, you lying on the floor flat on your back I almost went there oh, <laughs> exactly I've, I've, I've accompanied someone else to a hospital before and been then been ended up in a bed really? <laughs> <laughs> <Lied>. <laughs> Lord, you can't leave that story hanging I'm, a re- uh, I'm an absolute pussy what happened I was I went to, I went to hospital um with her ex-girlfriend because she was ill and then there was someone else on the ward that was clearly like had mental health problems and they had a like a IV line into a vein or whatever it was and they ripped it out of the their arm and started like walking towards me like spraying blood oh, everywhere god. <laughs> oh my god what oh happened? my god like a malevolent fucking garden sprinkler <laughs> and um <laughs> Yeah, and I think I think you know, the doctor or the nurse oh, had put me into no. a bed. Not next to the other person. <laughs> Not next to your assailant. We need a doctor. Let's get a doctor, Barry. Do you know any, doc- any doctors we know? Uh, I know. Um, do you know Gary Coleman, who's a comedian? Is also is also a GP. I don't know Gary Coleman. I thought right. he was the. Guy- I thought Gary Coleman was either a sports commentator or the guy in Different Strokes. <laughs> <laughs> it was not the guy from Different Strokes. Is that Definitely Gary Coleman? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, that was Gary Coleman as well. Oh, so who's the, who's the sports him. commentator then? Is that Gary Coleman? David Coleman. Oh, David Coleman. It's not him. <laughs> Neither of those. All right, okay. Let's try your Gary Coleman then. All right, let's see if he's about. Thanks for joining us, Gary. No worries, my pleasure. Nice to meet you. I don't think we've worked together before. I don't think so. No, no, no. I think I'd have remembered. I think I'd have remembered. <laughs> Barry says that you're a, a, a are you a, a doctor slash comedian, a comedian slash doctor, an ex comedian, an ex doctor. Well, I'm, I was um, I'm both. I'm a comedian and a doctor. I there's not a lot of comedy for me at the moment, so I'm probably doing more of the doctoring at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely more work for doctors than the comedians at the moment I don't even spot the news but yeah it's a bit busy um... <laughs> where are you working well I, as a doctor I do I do one day a week I've also done one day a week um, doing <laughs> end of life care for homeless people oh in, gosh uh, don't want to bring the gig down or anything but, uh... <laughs> oh, no so well, I bet I mean A I bet it's uh, incredibly rewarding yeah. It is. I mean, it's a brilliant job. I, it, um, it, it's actually it's quite a good laugh. It's quite a lot of fun. It sounds like a really miserable job, but it's not. I mean, the team I work with are brilliant, but but the, the clients, I mean, you know, their lives are valid and still full of fun and things. It's, yeah. it's enjoyable. Oh, I mean, yeah, I can, I can imagine that that is a tough... Uh, it's, it goes without saying it's that it's a gig. tough... It's a tough gig. That is a tough gig and, tough and, and, and very is, tough and very challenging, but I imagine hugely rewarding. And also, just it does put, you know, 
so from the comedy world in perspective, I suppose, because it can be quite tricky at times, you know, that the sort of the media world and the comedy world. And then, yeah. And then, you know, on a Tuesday on, in Camden yeah. with homeless people, I just you think, well, what was I worried? What was I worried about? You have you ever done the, in the one day? How, how do you switch? <laughs> how, how do you do that? How do you switch? Can you, are you asking me, Rod, can I tell the difference? <laughs> I, I, I guess well, I'm going. One, I'm just, I just get a load of alcoholic drug addicts staring at me, and at the other, yeah, <laughs> I um, it's two definitely two different worlds. I mean, where I work, they don't know I do comedy, but then often at the gigs, they're not they're not entirely certain. But <laughs> it's two just two definitely different worlds, which I love. I love the fact that there's one world which is really really serious, you know, yeah, um, and kind of, it seems important at the time. Yeah, and then the other one, you know, comedy. It is it is important, but it's kind of there's a certain well froth, there's a frillness to it, isn't it? Which is yeah. lovely. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, just a transient yeah, yeah. nonsense to it, which, I, which is lovely. That's a great mix. Yes, people often say, "Oh, it's really important making people laugh. It's a really important job," so, but it's it, it's hard to put it alongside end of life care. I think. I was a doctor in the army originally, and I, I left the army to do comedy. And, um, ah, you were an army medic. I was an army medic, yeah. right? And, in and that a, case, and a, and a pacifist. And a pacifist, yes. Really? What, what a strange man you are, Karen. <laughs> an enigma. An enigma. <laughs> yeah, that's the word, an enigma. A pacifist army medic now doing end-of-life care with the homeless and then going on to do comedy gigs. If you were a medic in the army, you must have come across people shoving things inside themselves quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, sticking things in their bodies... As a doctor, you do. I mean, it's, it's not. It's not that. Un- I used to work in A and E, so it's not Did that uncommon you? for people to people to present with bizarre things. I, you know, I remember seeing a kid who had had a um, the rubber from a pencil stuck up his nose. Yeah, he stuck a he stuck a pencil up his nose, pulled a pencil out, and the rubber had stuck stayed behind. <gasps> and that had been there. And that had been there for like weeks or months or something. He complained a headache, and we saw him. <laughs> so you found a rubber up somebody's nose. Uh, my, bro- my, bro- my brother actually, when he was little, put up a, a piece of glass up his nose that he found on the beach. It was it was smooth. Oh, like a pebble thing, um, the glass. Oh, le- yeah, like a like a. At least he had the good sense he, he to put, put a smooth nose. bit up there, Lloyd. Not a jaggedy bit. At least it was on yeah. the beach. It's smoothed by the waves. That's uh, quite sensible, really. Well, he he didn't have much good sense because they they took him to the doctor <laughs> and then they got it out of the nose. And the doctor left it on the table, and the doctor <laughs> turned to my mum and said, "I don't know how he got that up his nose." And my brother went like, yeah, just put, it up and put it back up." <laughs> oh my god, brilliant! <laughs> wow, listen, Gary, it's been lovely talking to you. Nice to meet you. Absolutely, good luck, guys. Good luck with your various uh, jobs and the important work you're doing with the homeless. Well done on that. Well done on that, and I hope that uh, one day uh, all our comedy careers resurrect themselves as well. Thanks very much, mate. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. Those are your three frothy stories. Which one is the frothiest? Uh, Your time to choose. Do you want baby, coin nose, or dress? Baby. Baby? Yeah. Baby it is. Uh, Froth of the week goes to the baby telling his mum to fuck right off. Right, that's all we've got time for. Thanks for listening. And thanks to special guest Lloyd Langford and to comedian Gary underscore Coleman. You can contact us at The Froth Podcast where you'll get extra froth content. And don't forget the exciting new email facility. Our email address is hello at thefrothpodcast.com. And if you enjoyed this nonsense, don't forget to like and subscribe, rate us at five stars and tell your friends. This podcast was a Flan Bobble Vision production produced by Barry Castagnola at Russell Up Productions. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.